0: I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify.
1: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles in your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Stadio podcast. I'm Moose Kwanga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing?
2: Uh, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm not great. Oh, no. I'm under the weather. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I think I've got coronation fever.
0: Oh, no. No. How so? How so?
2: Not in a good way. That's funny because I, I arrived. I mean,
0: I, I've been traveling, so I was not in the UK for the coronation. I suppose when you're outside the country, the mood is obviously you just don't get a sense of it. And obviously in Germany, you don't really get a kind of. There'll be a, oh, there's the coronation today, but that's it. That's the extent of it. Obviously in the UK, the vibe's been very different
2: i mean this is stadio so you are literally the only king that most of us recognize so it's fine oh god, okay, god. deal with that i put you on the spot yeah, hey, if, I was,
0: if i was the king the king to be doomed to tell you that much <laughs> you'd be the first against the
2: wall <laughs> that went well <laughs> Yes. no <stuff> so, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get well soon uh, i'm sure i'll be fine but how are you man
0: very well. Thank you. Very well. Um, I have been teach. Oh my God. I did my first ever day, uh, full day of teaching and speaking in German. Wow. So I was at a small town in yeah, a small town in Sachsen-Anhaltz, um, at a lovely, um, school. And I, yes, yeah, so I did two classes, hour, like twenty for like two sets of kids, like 40, 50 kids in each class. And then I did like a speech, like a 15 minute speech all in German mm. to an audience of like 200 people. What? It was, yeah, it was really interesting. Um, the, 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 here's the thing. So, beautiful, lovely, lovely school uh, in a small town, about 2,000 people. But the town is quite well known. It's quite, quite a big, far right contingent. So here's quite a funny story, right, very quickly before we start the podcast. So Ryan, I get, I get, I get a bus, right, get off the bus and uh, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. The night before I'm going to do the teaching, get off the bus about 6pm and there's a smartphone lying on the bench nearby. So I'm like, oh, I said to my friend, I said, hey, look, we should call this person up so they can come get their phone. So we call them up and they're like, they're really grateful. They're like, oh, thank you so much. How much longer are you going to be there? We're like, oh, we'll stand here for like 15, 20 minutes. Then no we'll come back. Guy runs around the corner to claim his phone. And like, oh, no. Dude, put it this way. He was not like, <laughs> he was not particularly thankful, right? Like, he was not like unhappy, but he was kind of confused and it was weird. And like, I was like, oh, thank, hey, listen, I was all in German. I was like, listen, brother, we found your phone. Gave his phone back, you know, he sort of heads off. And the next morning I told my friend, I said, did you notice something about this guy? And she said, uh, I said, did you see the trousers he was wearing? And she was like, no, I didn't. I said, they were the trousers of a famous neo-Nazi clothing brand. And he didn't. And I said, I clocked that immediately. And that's you know, I was friendly anyway, but I was like, let him feel it. And the <laughs> dude was like, it was absolute." and that was, that was my weekend. <laughs> so like, lovely experience teaching, but also the look on his face when he saw like a dark-skinned black dude giving his phone back. Oh, I'm like so really confused. Dude, it is honestly his head, and it's part of his shoulders. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm so grateful. But
2: I'm so angry. I'm so angry. Yes, exactly. But I'm so angry. <laughs>
0: Mixed emotions. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Napoli in a moment um, and Victor Osimen and all and his impact as, you know, as a Nigerian striker in Italy at this time politically. And it just feels like it feels like that stuff matters. And what I mean by that <laughs> is I don't mean like standing up, I mean like actual. Just trying to sort of keep being decent because someone said to me, I went to the school and the, I told the teachers this story. And they were like, they were not shocked by the fact that it had happened, like, they were not surprised. They were mm. shocked that it had happened, but they weren't shocked that I'd met someone from the far right. If that makes sense. They were yeah. upset, but they weren't shocked. And they said, How did you feel when you found out this guy you gave his phone back to had neo Nazi sympathies? And I said, Well, no one has the right to stop me doing what I would always do, right? And I don't think that sometimes just showing up and just showing up and just being present is what matters, actually. And I don't mean that some big grand kind of because someone said, Oh, were you we on when I said I'd met this person, someone said, Oh, we on a protest? I said, No, actually, I was doing something maybe more basic, which was just being myself in a place where they didn't expect you to be yourself. And that feels that has value. Yeah. Yeah.
2: See, I would have robbed it. <laughs>
0: One day people remember that you are, the, people realise you are the chaotic element of this podcast.
2: this guy came around the corner of those trousers, I would have fucking ran. <laughs> Lost right. into the nearest river, around, the flipped ra- in the bird and then bounced.
0: Hun <laughs> will tear you apart again.
2: <laughs> you don't know about me. Underestimate me at your fucking peril. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love this. I love this. You're the best. You're the best. Okay, football. Let's do some admin. Anyway, See some admin.
2: Yeah, loads of admin. So you and I are going to be on Righteous House, which we is are. going to be Thunderbar. We're going to be recording that Monday evening, so we might not be able to wrap up the Monday night Premier League games, but we're going to focus on the weekend's Premier League stuff.
0: Yeah, some great action there.
2: So we're going to leave the bulk of that from Stadio and we're going to do that on Wright's House because it's essentially yes, Stadio Plus. Yes. So yeah, you, me and Ian, uh, we'll talk about Arsenal's win over Newcastle. We'll talk about the title race in the Premier League. We'll maybe touch on a little bit of WSL as well, although Mm. make sure you go and check Counterpress with Flo and the Gang. They'll have you covered on that. Um, So maybe touch on a couple of other bits on Wright's House as well. Obviously, uh, West Ham's win over Manchester United. Back to back. Mm. 1-0 defeats for Manchester United, which is not good. Yes, yes. Um, They don't do why it's top
0: half either. No. No. No.
2: and um, yeah other bits of it. I mean Champions League is back this week so Moose and I will have you covered on that and Wright's uh, House on Friday don't forget to check that and check the Stadio Archer's just placed on Spotify all the tunes we play out on each episode the newest one is at the top quick update on the Apple Podcast Wright's House issue hmm There is a bit of a solution. Sometimes it crashes the Apple app for some reason, but sometimes it seems to resolve it. Just unsubscribe, resubscribe Mm. uh, to Wright's house on there. Apologies for this. I'm not really sure what it is. It's way above my... It's not me. It's not me that's doing this. But um, yeah, apologies if that's causing a little bit of um, annoyance. But if you do listen to it on that platform, Mm. try unsubscribing and then resubscribing. That should, fingers crossed, resolve it. I reckon that's all the admin. So today, you and I are going to run through a little bit of a roundup. Yeah, We're going to do some stuff on Napoli. We're going to do some stuff on the Copa del Rey. We're going to do a quick shout out to the Liga and the Bundesliga. And we'll maybe touch on a couple of other things as well. The Classico, Celtic. We'll touch on a little bit of Premier League, but we'll probably keep it pretty swift. Because mm. my voice is hanging on for dear life and I oh. have to do two podcasts <laughs> today. <laughs> yes. Um, but let's get into it after this. Let's do it. all right, man, so since we last spoke, Napoli are champions of Italy for the first time in 33 years. Incredible, incredible um, achievement. they sealed it away at Udinese on Thursday night and then they had their first home game after winning this weekend where they won 1-0 against Fiorentina. They had a guard of honor coming out. Um didn't play particularly well. I thought no. actually if there was a game that <laughs> if there was a game that summed up Napoli's form probably since the defeat to Milan, actually. And in
0: and around it, weirdly, weirdly, almost, almost just kind of in and around that period when the stumble began. Yeah, They did stumble over the finish in the end, but I think that's because we under, understated, underestimated the emotional heft of what it meant to win the league. From the celebrations, you've seen how big this was. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. I feel like they hit the pressure. Actually, looking at the stumble, weirdly enough, is that almost like the real Napoli? Is that almost, I don't mean like, I don't mean they're not resilient. I mean, like... They've shown us in that stumble just how much this meant, actually. Really? Because they did a very good job for the bulk of the season of playing, as playing, of playing with complete freedom, as if this didn't matter. They didn't play like a team for the bulk of the season that hadn't won this for 33 years. Only in the last few weeks did we see a team playing with the pressure and the fatigue of 33 years of pressure.
2: Yeah, with Napoli, it was just... They, they were so far ahead that they were allowed... They gave themselves that wiggle room to just did, kind of yeah. stumble over the line. But saying that, you know, they've still got four games left. Mm. If they win those four games. they'll, I think they'll get 95 points. Incredible. Incredible which is four more than that side, the 2018 side, Sorry's 2018 side, um, which is obviously lauded, massively lauded. What went, went, what, 91 points and still lost the league to Juve, who had 95. Unreal. This run of form or this kind of like stuttering form over the last month or so has actually not been too bad. It's just that it's all come condensed into one period of the season. And it's interesting that we've actually seen a few of these throughout Europe. Mm. Maybe stutters that you would see over a season long happening in a condensed period. I wonder whether that's just appear like a, a, f- a factor of the, of the season and the world. Cup I and think fatigue and stuff.
0: I would actually go, I would actually, I would, I would assign it to the pressure that teams like Arsenal and Napoli have faced. Because if you look at those squads, you look at the Napoli squad in, in particular, mm. you have players that haven't really won at that highest level or not a huge amount of them. And what I want to say to this as well, to add to that, it throws the brilliant form of Victor Ossiman into even greater focus because this man, despite the stumbles, the man scored both their goals in the last two games, was out for the crucial first leg against uh, Milan. And you just wonder how different things are if he plays in that game, because this is the one player in the Napoli team who was consistently fearless. Like throughout, there, yeah. were, there was not a single game in which he looked intimidated or overwhelmed. And even, you know, Quaret Scalio, absolutely brilliant player, don't get me wrong, the second leg against um, uh, Milan he wasn't on his rhythm and I yeah, don't mean wobble, he was I don't, yeah. I don't mean he was afraid I mean that he was trying to he wasn't at the game come to him as he did more and I think it was really significant in this game um, at the weekend Osimen is on penalty duty mm. first one is saved second one puts it in the same corner and it was almost like you know that thing that Drogba had Drogba would do that thing and elite strikers do it all the time an elite striker would miss a chance and most people would just be like oh my god like the confidence just falls off a cliff and Drogba's back in five minutes and he's like, no, we're doing this again. We're running it no, back. Yeah. yeah. And that, that is something that only, that's what makes, um, that puts Ossiman in the same class, I think, as, as Benzema, as Holland. you know, in a different way, in their own way, they're different strikers, but in terms of the mentality, Lewandowski as well, they're just relentless. And I think that relentlessness is what got Napoli over the line, actually.
2: Yeah, I mean, on Ossiman, he now has 47 goals in Serie A and he's become the highest scoring African in Serie He overtook George Weyer. See that right
0: there as a statistic. There's an incredible video that someone shared um, from the ground from Napoli Stadium. And it was this crowd like just shouting his surname and they said I think it was um, Oluwashina Okaleji said has does something very special. This is a country which has a mm. far right government that is demonising Africans demonizing them, right? And you have the spearhead of this, of this title challenge or this title victory, a proud Nigerian dude. Mm. It's absolutely incredible just in terms of the symbolism, because the symbolism is so powerful because it's not some, it's the most powerful form of resistance, which is basically just turning up and being himself and being a leader and being someone who's unified. And you, you know, that incredible. You look at the crowd, look at the faces in the crowd and it's like almost the best of, it's the best of a society. It's just like a mix of people having a great time, a common goal, and I just looked at that and thought, yeah, you know what? That has a real social value beyond beyond the polit beyond the footballing one. It has a huge social and political value, really.
2: Yeah, it was like I mean I don't want to go real basic comparison stuff, but it was like Mo Salah in England. Oh no, great! I'm. I'm. That's exactly the example. That's exactly the example. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. It's really, really basic, but unfortunately some people really do need things spelling out to them in that basic language. It's just like, you know, you kind of feel like you're spoon feeding everything to people because they really cannot understand it sometimes. Yeah.
0: The one thing I feel positive about is that it does feel like it cut through to an extent. Like people did actually join the dots between, no, he's not just some exceptional dude. Actually, he represents a group of people who are unfairly treated a lot of the time and we need to do something about that. We need to think differently mm. about, about what we're doing here. So there is, you know, I do feel positive in that sense.
2: It's wild yeah. in 2023 that we're still having conversations about how professional footballers in, you know, a very, very globalised sport, that mm. their importance because of who they are or where they come from. Yes, yes. It's is is still so big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What v- Victor Osman has had to navigate, I think has been pretty incredible and he mm. deserves a huge amount of credit for that. I just feel like it's such a shame that we're still having to talk about things like that now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, But Napoli are champions. Right. Spalletti has achieved something that many before him tried, thought they could do with Napoli. I mean, this is the thing about Napoli. I, I think that because of Juve's dominance over the last decade or so, in um, well, decades specifically in Serie A, I think it's easy to forget some of the great Napoli sides that have Oh, definitely. You know, everyone definitely. talks about that 2018 side. But the 2015-16 side was amazing. F- finished second behind Juve.
0: Thank God they got their uh, copper Italia's. That's what I, what I would say, because mm. they need You know, like those brilliant Spurs teams never quite got the trophies they deserved. They never got the trophies they deserved. And I think you look at that Napoli trophy cad- cabinet leading up to this, um, this Serie A title and you can see the lineage. Mm. Lorenzo Insigne, um, Dries Mertens, you know, this is for them as well. This is for them. And and, and, and Marek Hamzik too, that, that great trio of players that brought Napoli back into the, you know, back into the light really. And, and it was really, I'd like to see what kind of celebrations those former Napoli players are having. I'm pretty sure that uh, <laughs> wine sellers have been drained um, in different parts of the world, but I just, I hope those former players understand their role in this. Because without, without them, there's no Ossiman, there's no Quarescalia, there's yeah. no Elmas, you know, Lozano. It's really incredible just to see what they built there. And hopefully, like, you know, even after they, because I'm sure that huge, other, you know, other clubs will come in, huge offers will come in for these players. I hope they can continue this, this run in some form.
2: And Spalletti finally has his Scudetto, which yeah. is amazing. kind of what wild, joke? actually, yeah. if you think that the, the, the run that he's been on or the journey he's been on, And the football his teams have played, like... And the fact that he had two years out after that Inter gig, you know, and he came into Napoli replacing Gattuso, which seems a million miles away now. It's
0: unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I think the job he did at Inter was a little bit underrated because of how it ended. But also the job that he did at Roma before, and Roma back in the late 2000s, I think was pretty underrated. Spalletti
0: plays beautiful football pretty much everywhere, right? So this is almost like, it's like a validation of his approach. Because Napoli played with bravery and intensity the entire year. Maybe that in the end was their undoing because they came up against a Milan team whose press all of a sudden, uh, the uh, the Milan press basically arrived like a thunderstorm from a clear sky Mm. because the Milan press was not doing what it's doing now, even up to what, a couple of months ago. Mm. But you see it against Lazio and it's back in full effect. It's brutal again. And, Mm. you know, Napoli can be forgiven maybe that, that blip. Mm. But overall, if you look at the football they played this year, through everything, through Juventus having the points deduction and coming back again last year, making a strong run, you know, at certain points the season, teams had a good go at Napoli and the way they beat them wasn't by sitting deep, it was by coming out and confronting them. And that I think, and rather like Arsenal this year as well, it's been really good to see teams reap the benefits of, of attacking football, mm. you know, at a time when... You know, so much is about playing without the ball. Um, well, not so much, but like so much success in recent years has been achieved by more defensive football, You could say.
2: The rest of Serie A this weekend, wins for Juve, 1-0 win away, uh, 2-0 win, sorry, for Juve away at Atalanta, put them second mm. because Lazio lost to Milan on the weekend.
0: Can I just quick, quick, quick shout for Samuel Illing Jr. Um, only the third Englishman, I think, to score for Juventus to start and score for Juventus. It's some wild stat. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable stat. Like, it's so full um, Serie A goal for Juventus on his full debut uh, at the age of 19. That's incredible. Yeah, incredible, right?
2: Uh, in this game, there was... A Dusan Vlajevic got booked for um, shushing the crowd after he scored because he, once again at Atalanta, this happened when he was a Fiorentina, Fiorentina player, Remember we talked about it. Do you remember? Oh me?
0: no, the chance again. More of that. Yeah.
2: Ref stopped the game. Um, they carried on, and then he scored an absolutely amazing goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ran kind of like shushing and pushed. Like, I don't know. It was almost like he was doing the kind of "this is my house" kind of thing. Yeah. Um, got booked for it. Oh Lukaku style. Oh yeah. God. Gasparini made a, some really weird comments after the game, basically saying that like, not everything is racism.
0: It just it just feels like tribalism. It just feels like, oh, we'll defend our fans, but not look at the specifics of what's actually shouted, mm. which is not good for anyone.
2: Yeah. yeah, um, pretty, pretty bleak. Yeah, this whole booking players for reacting to a crowd who are... Yeah, I don't think I like that, to be honest. No, no, I'm not. No. It's, it's, yeah. This, this, I don't really know where to even...
0: No, I totally agree, totally agree.
2: Anything else in Syria? Uh, oh, yeah. Very quickly,
0: um, Milan an impressive two 0 win over Lazio at San Siro. Mm. Teo Hernandez um, going end to end, a lovely strike. Some got a little excited and said, "Oh, it's the goal of the season." I'm like, "No, it wasn't. It was a, it was a lovely run and strike, but it was a deflected strike, and sorry to be a killjoy. It was a lovely goal, but it was it was not the goal of the season." Um, yeah. So uh-huh. yes, sorry, sorry to put that down there, but Mr.
2: Buzz a lot longer.
0: Listen, I contain multitudes. But <laughs> great, great win for Milano over Lazio. Really impressive, and that's good for them going into the Champions League semi. Yeah, it's Inter.
2: Yeah, very good. I'm, I'm really excited about these Champions League semi-finals. I'm not entirely sure which way they're going to go. Yeah, yeah, no idea. At I all. mean, apart yeah. from, I mean, I have a suspicion that the Man City one might go the way of Man City. But um, even that, though, I just well, Madrid it's just Madrid. The, you just yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Okay. We'll go on to them in a moment.
0: No, Man City looked stronger than ever, but then they they did last year as well.
2: True. True. They did last year as well. Let's take a quick break. Yeah.
0: This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply.
2: All right, well, so we mentioned Manchester City. Their opponents, Real Madrid, won their 20th Copa del Rey.
0: Beating Osasuna, 2-1 two 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 from Rodrigo.
2: Yeah, I thought Osasuna were pretty unlucky, actually. It was an amazing story that they got to the final in the first place. Yeah. And there have been some really, really good pieces written about Osasuna recently, detailing the club in a little bit more detail. For those who, who aren't massively aware of what kind of club it is, it's a really, really really brilliant club I thought they were a little bit unlucky in terms of like how the, the goals fell to Real Madrid you know
0: I think that well unlucky they were unlucky that they met peak Vinicius Junior that was, unlu- that, was mm. the misfo- that was the misfortune he, he was, he he was, was in a he was in a they, the misfortune they had because look you can say that in the box the ball fell awkwardly at certain times to Rodrigo but There was a couple of lucky deflections that led to Rodrigo receiving the ball, but the initial incursions were made by a winger who on a foot on form like that, almost no individual fullback can stop. Mm. The only thing that can stop for when he's in that kind of form is actually a double team. Mm. And to be honest, I think he'd be the double team twice (laughs) in both runs. You know, he was that good. He had that thing. He has the ability, which is almost like, you know, the ice hockey players will go behind the goal and fling the ball around. There's, there's very few wingers or wide players who are good enough in world football to attack the byline at that angle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen people like cut in and like cut the ball back. Vinicius goes a step further away. He almost accelerates almost at full speed out of play before cutting it back. And maybe only Iniesta, there's like only a couple of players, that Iniesta, Robin, that can do that. And, he, and that was, that's an almost, it's almost impossible to contain. And I think, to be fair to Osasuna, that was the difference, I think. Mm. You know, it wasn't like Melange, it wasn't like, sorry, wasn't like Madrid showed up in overwhelming form. They really didn't. But I think there's a thing that Rodrigo doesn't get enough credit for to an extent. I think that when you have those brilliant players, the brilliant young players, you have like Chumeney, Camavinga, Vinicius in the mix. I don't know if he gets full recognition. He's almost like an afterthought. Like he's not quite, if you mention the great young players at Madrid, Rodrigo doesn't necessarily, he's always a hesitation, you know? So, oh, and Rodrigo. But his... His instinct, his instinct for where the ball's going to fall in the area. You mm. see the second goal in particular, the Benzema deflected strike, and he's there and he punches it into the top left. Rodrigo's defense, his, 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 his penalty box instincts are like, they're predatory, man. They're like, uh, what, Darko Panchev, you know, the old, sorry, Red Star, Red Star Klaxon. So, yeah, you know, I think Osasuna are unlucky because it was only elite wing play from Vinicius and elite finishing from Rodrigo that, did for them.
2: Not a surprise result, but an amazing occasion. Mm. There's a great thing. Uh, Colin Miller wrote a good piece in the in the um, in the Daily Mirror about Osasuna, and uh, obviously it's a club owned by fans. His tweet says they have a team comprised of fans built by fans. And apparently, all nineteen thousand two hundred eight socios were at the final.
0: Oh my god, that's some. Um, that's I love that. Mm. Liverpool fans will remember Osasuna fondly as the club the great Michael Robertson played for before being a great commentator. Yes. Uh, Michael Robertson, a beloved, a beloved commentator in Spain um, who went there, really embraced the culture. And Osasuna in particular, he was there for, um, I think, two or three seasons. Actually, a couple of scouts. Was it wasn't Aldridge at Sociedad, wasn't he Proud history of like scouts is going, to, going to Spain and making completely beautiful new lives.
2: Imagine, imagine Varel Sociedad come calling for you. I'm gone. I'm <laughs> out the door. Rail Sausage had to tram her Rovers in terms of a... It's the cultural fit.
0: It's the actual, it's the people, It's actually it?
2: like, yeah, but like by the sea, you know, not the, not the best weather in the world, even, you know. But you know food. how we talk
0: about Jude Bellingham going to um, Dortmund and it's like Midlands to Midlands, basically.
2: Yeah. I mean, actually, yeah. I think yeah. maybe that's why, because I've been to Dortmund a few times and I was going about like how much I actually like it. Mm. And Germans who aren't from Dortmund are a little bit like, what? I think it's growing up in the north, actually. Like I think growing up in yeah. Manchester. Yeah, yeah. And obviously Manchester is a vastly different place to Dortmund and especially over the last decade or so Manchester's kind of gone it's gone wild in terms of its its construction and development and stuff but I don't know there's something about like it's the people the yeah. way you've got so
0: many cities that sort of near each other and so different in character but also yeah so, comp- yeah. That's, co- that's so different but yeah. also complementary yeah it's very much like that yeah very special yeah.
2: well speaking of Dortmund should we go to the Bundesliga because Jude Let's do it. yes wow uh Jude put on a masterful performance against Wolfsburg and Dortmund's 6-0 win over Wolfsburg on Sunday. Um, he scored two goals. His first goal was probably the goal of the game, even yeah. though it was slightly ruined by the keeper pushing it onto the bar. Hmm. But that actually kind of added to the spectacle a little bit. He picks the ball up, what? In... 35 in,
0: in, five from goal, maybe 40? From his own
2: goal, actually. Yeah. But and, the
0: crossover comes about 40 yards from goal, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, but he, he dribbles, he takes Max Arnold... Poor Max Arnold.
0: Good defender. A good defensive midfielder.
2: Yeah, yeah. He tracks Jude Bellingham as Jude Bellingham starts to run from deep within his own half. And he pushes out towards the kind of right-hand side. And Max Arnold is there tracking him. He doesn't make a challenge, but he's just, you know, jocking him. It's fine. (laughs) And then Jude just cuts back inside, drops Max Arnold to the point where the commentator even says, it's an ankle breaker. (laughs) Like it's the NBA playoffs. (laughs) He cooked him. He does cook him. And then he cuts inside, hits one from miles out with his left foot. His left foot. Um, Rips it. I know. Um, Castile actually gets a really good palm onto the bar, but then it bounces up, takes one bounce and goes in.
0: Yeah, spin, all that backspin, yeah. The yeah. backspin goes in. It's, a, it's an outstanding strike. Yeah. And Dortmund really unleashed. It was on those nights, one those sorry, afternoons where every Dortmund player came arm to the teeth you had Adeyemi was outstanding Brandt was in the mix Halle led the line really well they beat Wolfsburg 6-0 which kind of if we're being slightly un- unkind there is an element of like second half of the season Wolfsburg that we've seen like th- these kinds of, this doesn't this, has, this doesn't happen to Wolfsburg in the first half of the season if that makes sense
2: I don't know man what are you talking about back to back wins 5-1 away at Bochum
0: yeah for the uh, 6 yeah, for the 3-0 six- at
2: home to Mines. No, but they never 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 get they never get
0: cooked in the first half of a season. Like no. it doesn't really. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, they don't really yeah. do. Look how well they start seasons like traditionally and then like they have like they do have their fallaways. Um this so this 6-0 defeat. Dortmund they must be ruining what might have been last week at Bochum because that draw that draw which you know could add a penalty um should have maybe but that draw, I hope it doesn't haunt Dortmund because when they're in form like this, this is championship form. It's a good Wolfsburg team. It's a good Wolfsburg team. And Dortmund just didn't let them settle at all. They couldn't live with them. Um, yeah, so I just hope, yeah, I just hope this season Dortmund look and go, we have built something really impressive here and it's something to build on. And Tezic, Tezic has, I think, really shown some real metal. He's had a tough year. He's had to manage players coming in and out at vital times. You could argue the injuries, the absences that he had could not have been worse. Adyemi's absence, Allaire's absence, but somehow he steered them through it and it's been really impressive. So, yeah.
2: And, the, and, you know, the title is still not done. It's still not done. They're a point behind. Uh, Bayern host Schalke this week, which, Schalke. I mean, Schalke, Schalke yeah. Well, Schalke are now two points clear from automatic relegation. Um, and they've actually been in a pretty good run of form, three wins in the last four. Mm. Um, I don't expect Schalke to get anything, but Bayern haven't been blowing teams away really. They, they have not. They only they scraped past Werder Bremen on the weekend, two one. Yeah. Um, Bremen themselves have not been in a good run of form. So, yeah, yeah this is a stuttering Bayern that if you're going to exp- like, but the thing is, they you know. Schalke don't need to win the game. A point at Bayern will be enough to A, probably, I wouldn't say secure, but it will massively help them out. If they then have three three wins a draw, three wins a draw in their last five games after the Bayern game, then that is definitely not relegation form. Yeah. But also the impact they'll have on the title race. But then, Dortmund host Gladbach. So.
0: Oh God. Who yeah. fucking knows? Man. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, like,
2: this league... Herta, meanwhile, got their first win since Paldada's return. They beat Stuttgart 2 1 on the weekend, mm. but they still are, they're still three points away. But it's tight down there, man. They host. Um, yeah. oh, they host Cologne, or they go, they go to. Cologne who are now safe. Yeah, they go to Cologne next weekend. So um, if Cologne are on the beach now, maybe Herta might get out of there. It's so tight down the bottom, man. I mean, even Hoffenheim could be dragged into it, even though I don't think they will.
0: Good win for them the weekend, too.
2: Actually, yeah, they mm. beat um, Eintracht. 3-1 at home. Yeah. But yeah, man, very, very tight at the top of the Bundesliga, but yeah, Dortmund were absolutely amazing. Yeah,
0: that's the Dortmund we want to see more of, for sure.
2: Well, I was shouting some stuff out. Should we shout out another goal fest in Ligue 1? Oh my God. <laughs> yes. What the <laughs> hell happened, man? Like, Alex Lacazette, he's the joint top goal scorer in Ligue 1 with Kylian Mbappe. 24 goals after his four-goal haul in Lyon's win over Montpellier, which was... Probably the game of the weekend. Leon five, Montpellier eight, four. Four goals for Alexandra Lacazette and four goals for Ellie. White. We put
0: them four-one up after about fifty-five minutes, and then yeah. They, the weird thing was, it was like back.
2: no goals for half an hour, and then all of a sudden it was an absolute goal fest. It was someone like turn the tap on.
0: Some of the defending, though, goodness me. Some of the
2: <laughs> we love to see it we do, do love to, to see it.
0: We do love to see uh, it, yeah.
2: Lacazette put Leon 1-0 up. That was on 31 minutes. After 55, Montpellier were 4-1 up. He got like 4 in 20 minutes, didn't he? It's unreal. Uh, f- well, I mean, I mean, in 15 minutes of game time. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> not including stoppage time at the end of the first half, there were four goals for Way. And then uh, Lacazette got a goal back. Lovren got the second, uh, the third, sorry, for Leon. And then uh, another Lacazette goal after 82 minutes and then the last minute penalty because Lacazette got pulled down in the box on the cross. It was a penalty, I think it was fair.
0: Wild celebrations, yeah, it was, it was, it was. There was a strange thing about, you know, you look at players who, not that Lacazette shouldn't have left Lyon, but when you look how happy he is there, Mm. you wonder how different his career might have been if he stayed there maybe, I don't know, an extra year or something, because there are just some clubs that really fit individual people. Mm. You know, like, I don't know, like Iago Aspas, for example. There were just some players who, when they're at a club like Celta Vigo, they—that's just where they should be. Yeah. And him and Leon have got a really special relationship, haven't they? You look at that and just think, you know.
2: Yeah, man, captain, fantastic.
0: Maybe, maybe a shame he stayed away so long. I don't know. Anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he was—he was fine at Arsenal. He was it just came. It was a difficult period for the club yeah. as well. I think he—I think he did did all right. I don't think he really had a, I just a think howler of the, the, the time f-
0: there. No, it just the fit wasn't perfect, you know?
2: The fit no, and also perfect. he signed and then Obamiang rocks up not long after. Yeah. So, I mean, I know those two were tight, but it must have been a bit like, oh, okay. <laughs> Lons beat Marseille. Great goal from Fafana. Fafana's been amazing this season. Strong year, yeah. Payet got a goal back with a few minutes to go, but um, yeah, big win for Lance over Marseille they originally closed the gap on PSG because PSG hadn't played at that time they were, they were three points behind them, but then PSG went to Trois and won 3-1 Mbappe Bettina and Fabian Ruiz with the goals who was Ruiz's celebration aimed at did you see this the little like he was doing the goggles he looked no, pointing didn't. to the bench I wonder if he was I wonder if he was gesturing to final shots is he staying there? Is Ruiz on his way? Do you know what? I think everyone's on their way, probably, because it looks like... Tss, tss,
0: tss, oh, my God. Tss, tss, tss,
2: tss, tss. <laughs> Everyone in Paris is like, what's that sound? <laughs> the dark clouds are rumbling in. All they can hear is... Looks <laughs> like the Cobra might be arriving, Moussa. <laughs>
0: Spitting Cobra, Jose Mourinho. That's the, that's the talk, isn't it? I mean, does Mourinho speak French? Probably. Probably, probably in knows, he'll probably learn knows in like what he needs to know no no you know Mourinho does you know I bet I bet he speaks it with the dialect of like a specific area where it's like oh my god yeah he's one of us
2: I just uh was just checking what Cobra is in French is Le Cobra Le Cobra may arrive that would be interesting actually
0: Mourinho at at PSG
2: I think it would be a hell of a lot more than interesting
0: I think that's right I'm, I mean I'm, I'm, well, you, yeah.
2: you can say it It's is this a safe space <laughs> God, tell me what you really think. Stop being, stop being apolitical.
0: I just think he's going to start the siege mentality, isn't it? It's just, dude, the question is, who does he dude, pick the fight with first?
2: All I'm seeing is the fucking Elmo in front of the Flames gif, but just with Mourinho's face on Elmo. <laughs> oh, That's all I'm seeing. Like, if Mourinho goes to PSG, there is no one who is going to go more like, who the fuck do you think you lot are? You're going to be like, oh
0: yeah, other European cities look down on Paris. They look down on the Parisian. He's going to go on some philosophical rant, isn't he? When PSG play in the Champions League against some team, he'll go on a big rant about, oh, they've never respected the Parisian in Europe. That's what he'll do. He'll make some big, he'll pick a
2: fight between. And he'll be like, do you know why? Because when I was managing all of those other clubs against you, I didn't respect you. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) He's going to spit everywhere. Honestly, honestly, bottle that, put it in the vaccine. Let's do another run <laughs> for everyone on, on us, our <laughs> round. Excuse me, bartender. Can we have another round of whatever this feeling is? Can we just <laughs> put it, put that in a shot for everyone, please? It's going to be an absolute, yeah, it will be a spectacle to that much. I mean, uh, we're, we're joking about it, but there is, there is going to be some serious upheaval in the summer at PSG because yeah, there is. Messi's suspended for a couple of weeks. He looks set to leave in the summer. I imagine they will try and move Neymar on. If I'm honest with you,
0: I am slightly surprised by the pursuit of Mourinho, given the moves they've made to invest in youth and all the rest of it. I'm slightly surprised by the approach of Mourinho, if that makes sense. Because if you look at the sporting director and the plan to streamline the squad, bring through the academy type players, it's not that Mourinho has not worked well with the young players before. It's not that. It's just that Mourinho traditionally has preferred to work with the finished article, traditionally and so this almost feels like a clash of philosophies um,
2: oh yeah it's absolutely a class of clash of philosophies but you know those like movies where it's like there's a troublesome class in the school and they've tried all these different things and no one can really get them into shape but they've got like one final Hail Mary throw the dice and it's this they've called the old substitute teacher out of retirement
0: yeah but he's not he's not Robin Williams though is he he's not Robin Williams
2: it's <laughs> <Could> Jose <laughs> Hunter yeah yeah oh
0: god yeah, I know, I know. I know. You know that. And also, the thing is, even you look at like you look at basketball, like the NBA, for example, and the way that coaching is going, and you have like some like Joe Mazzola at the Boston Celtics, like thirty-four years old. He's younger than some of the players, and mm. it's really about bonding with the players and that connection, almost a fraternal bond. And you look at like Ancelotti. We talked about this before. The fraternal bond with players is what really can, well, in the men's game, is what yields can yield results. Mm. And you look at Mourinho, the other end of that. Spectrum. I just don't know. I think winning the Europa Conference League title with Roma gave him was a bit of a shot in the arm, and that's great. But I think I don't know that like, I don't know Paris, city of decadence and glamour and history. But has it got its best years ahead of it? I don't know. Does Mourinho? We'll see. We'll see.
2: We mentioned we'll do the Premier League on Wright's house, but is yes. there any quick thoughts from the Premier League? Extremely in.
0: impressive victory for Arsenal. I just want to say that up top. There was a lot of talk I saw on the timeline about Arsenal this, Arsenal choking, and I thought, hmm, you go to St. James's Park and you win 2-0 at that St. James's Park with that Newcastle team. That is a that's a championship level performance. I don't care anyone says that's a title level performance. So I think that deserves a shout-out. Also, um, you know, West Ham extracting themselves from a bit of trouble with the 1-1 over United. have to give them props for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those those are the two results that stood out to me. I would say
2: Frank's first win with Chelsea, Frank Lampard's first win with Chelsea.
0: Good victory that.
2: It was nice good victory Felix Bournemouth have been in some good form. Stepping up. Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah. And um, obviously Manchester City beating Leeds looked like it was going to be about nine nil, mm. and then it wasn't. and Then Leeds made it a little bit more interesting. But yeah, we'll talk about the Premier League on Wrighty's House uh, in the WSL. Big win for Arsenal on Friday night against Leicester. Uh, Freedom Man with the goal. And then uh, a really good result for Manchester United yesterday. 3 0 over Spurs. Leah Galton was brilliant in this game. Uh, Liverpool beating Manchester City 2 1, which was an amazing result for Liverpool. Yeah. Wild thing about this game was Ellie, Ellie Roebuck just completely like forgetting where she was and just wandering out of the box with the ball. <laughs> we've all I mean, we've all kind of been there. I've seen stuff like that before. It's just it's just one of those where you just like Didn't you know it's like the when you leave your house keys it's when you leave your house keys in the front door? Dude, it's like when I, they met, like the other day I was looking for my glasses; they were on. I was <laughs> like, come on, man. We've
0: we've all been Roebuck right at some point. Exactly. We'll be, yeah, exactly.
2: Um, Chelsea responding to Manchester United's win earlier in the day with a comprehensive victory over Everton. One of the results of the weekend, actually, because Everton are you know they're only sixth. 7 7-0 win for Chelsea. Goals for Wright and Kerr, Panilla Harder, Sophie Ingle, Jess Fleming, and Aaron Cuff. But yeah, big win. Chelsea have two games in hand on Manchester United at the top, they're four points behind. Uh, Manchester City's defeat is very, very good for Arsenal's Champions League hopes because Arsenal have two games in hand on City and they're just three points behind. So what to play for in the WSL. All right, some other stuff quickly before we go. Yes. First of all, can I take your attention, please, to... <laughs> yes, I know you're going. ...the Monumental. <laughs> because there was a Superclassico this weekend, River Plate beating Boca 1-0 thanks to a stoppage time penalty by Miguel Borca, which, let's just say, it was a bit of a yellow card fest up to that point. First yellow card after four minutes, there was another one after 15, another one after 21, another one after 35, 41, so sorry, 40, 41, 45 plus one, 67, (laughs) 90 plus three, but no red cards. (laughs) Oh, how that changed after the penalty. Because chaos ensued. Brawl happened and we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven 6, 7 red cards seven in the space minutes. of 3 minutes. <laughs> 3 minutes, oh my god. My favourite bit on this is when you look at the match breakdown and it says Elias Gomez, red card, 90 plus 14, not on pitch. Oh my god. Esquil Centurion, red card, 90 plus 14 minutes, not on pitch. 90 plus 16 minutes, okay, Almiron. Coach red card.
0: I mean, just the whole thing. When you watch the brawl, it's just it, so it, basically the kind of uh, the penalty goes in. Romero's in goal, but goes the wrong way, slotted past them. That's it. Cue Bedlam, and you know expect Bedlam with the last minute winner. Fine, mm. but then like it just keeps building and building and building. You're like, ah, oh, this crescendo has actually lasted about three, four minutes now, and the whole thing actually lasts about seven minutes. Mm. The whole. It all, and I get it, like, you know, it's a game of that magnitude and it's the two sides and all the rest of it. I, I get it. But even even for a match of that intensity, it even. felt like it'd gone, even, even, of, even of one of those, seven reds in three minutes.
2: Oh, just, it's art. You know, in Holland, it's like, the Louvre. Yeah. <laughs> put, it, put it in the
0: Louvre. To be honest, they probably could have given twice as many, actually.
2: Oh, yeah, the superclass Classico never fails to deliver. Right, that's absolutely Apart right. from when it does. And it's, Really disappointing. Yeah, when it's when it's dry, it's really dry. Yeah, um, elsewhere. You know, nothing nothing can be that chaotic all of the time. It cannot. Apart from Musa Conga. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
0: but enough about enough about me. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> um,
0: LAFC, shout out to LAFC reaching the final of the Concav Champions League against um, Club Leon of Mexico. It's made history because it will become quote the Los Angeles Times the first MLS team this century to play in the region's most prestigious club championship game twice
2: wow so that's,
0: yeah big deal for them and again I look I just we've said this about Liga MX in particular before but one of the reasons I'm gutted to be in such a different time zone is not catching more of those games live
2: uh, should we shout out Celtic back to us yes. champions yes they beat Hearts 2-0 on the weekend to secure the title in Scotland
0: big shout out to Postacoclu Coglu again like people Man. easy to forget how much doubt there was over that appointment he's mega and the football some of the football they've played honestly both in the league and in Europe a joy to watch big
2: big fans of Ange on this podcast yeah, um, yeah. Celtic have played 34-131 drawn 2 lost 1 uh, scored 105 conceded 25 95 points they've maximised their resources yes they have and there's still a, still a way to go they've, they've got yeah. uh, there's another role firm derby next weekend at Rangers. Mm. They've obviously got the Scottish Cup against Inverness. Still a lot to play for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to shout Notts County quickly? Quick shout to them. It was looking ropey for a little while. Yeah, they made
0: it through the National League playoff semifinal. They were 2-1 down against Foramwood until what, the seventh minute of stoppage time? Got the equaliser and then won 3-2 in extra time. So they're through to the final now. Uh, and that's huge because they got 107 points I think in the regular season, so
2: yeah, Bournemouth were like thirty points, thirty-five points behind, I think, or something in the league. Wild, yeah. I mean, wild. this is the, the the thing about just how good uh, or how how dominant Wrexham were. Yeah, you can get a hundred odd, hundred odd points and potentially go out to a, in the playoff to a side that was thirty odd points behind you. Seems almost cruel.
0: Also, yeah, also just gutted by the fact that a team that gets that many points just can't go up automatically. Yeah, there's no extra yeah, places. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, anything else
0: uh, good? I think that's all that's all this time yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
2: alright well I'm looking forward to doing the Premier League on Righteous House yeah will see much you so. there uh, hope to see you all there quick reminder to subscribe to Righteous House if you haven't subscribed already uh, if you're having problems with it on Apple Podcasts updating unsubscribe and resubscribe that should fingers crossed sort it out don't forget to check Counterpressed with Flo and the gang and don't forget the Stadio Archers place on Spotify speaking of which we're playing out on this is a beaut this one Double Spire the club mix by Suichi Tirada and Masalo anything you would like to add Musogonga nothing further are you sure
0: yes <laughs> sure are you sure <laughs> yes I am
2: are you though because (laughs) we usually stop recording and then you keep me on here for like 10 minutes so you might as well just (laughs) tell everyone now no I've unburdened myself I have (laughs) I promise I promise (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. right, everyone much love see you on Wright's house and then we'll be back with some Champions League stuff later in the week see you then